Okay, it's 526. This is Sea Jam, the jamming one. Good morning. This is Campus Close-Up. It is Daybreak and Dixie time again. And good afternoon to you. I'm Judy Adams. Okay, 3.02 in the afternoon. You're listening to Sea Jam. All requests Saturdays, 12 hours of requests. Welcome back to Cowboys and Indies. Best of the British indie scene. We're space trucking with Julian here all the way till 10 p.m. This is the Circa Program on Sea Jam. I'm DJ Me, and this is Productive Confusion. The Joan Cash, Joan 50s rock and roll radio show. You are tuned into Girly So Groovy. You're listening to The Night Train. <laughs> You're listening to C-Jam 99.1 FM, reaching higher ground in Windsor and Detroit for over 30 years. Canadian Blood Services invites you to save a life today. Every 60 seconds, someone in Canada needs blood. Donating is simple and your blood will go to help Canadians undergoing heart surgery, leukemia treatment, or those involved in an accident. Go online and book your appointment today at www.blood.ca or give us a call toll-free at 1-888-2-DONATE. That's 1-888-236-6283. Hopeless, your so long me and Dan the pair of us only really got to uh, put out the um, the crywank facets of ourselves just from kind of touring and living on the road for so long mm-hmm. um, and it's one of those things where I think it, obviously I've changed I've, I've grown up I was like yeah. 19 when I started this band I'm in my 30s now so before crywank had their concert last week at the Meteor Dan and Jay were kind enough to join us at the station to have an interview you're listening to Absent Sounds here on CJAM, and we're playing that for you today. I'm gonna get older faster than I think. I'll need an arm to link with when I limp. If 
Hi, I'm Weezhu. And I'm Weezhu. And you're tuned in to Absent Sounds here on CJAM 99.1 FM, reaching higher ground in Windsor and Detroit. Each week here on Absent Sounds, we do album playthroughs of our favorite bands while diving into the stories behind them and any other tidbits we think you might find interesting. And that is why it's also a pleasure to have with us for today, Crywank, who is a band that we used to play a lot during high school um, and really became enamored with us. Throughout the years, you don't die before me. These albums are one that have been putting us to bed in the evenings and have been staying with us throughout our sadness and our longing. It recognizes the search to be understood, and often they act as a slice of light into weird parts of ourselves that we don't often share with our friends or people around us. So, today we have Jay. Hi there. Hello. And Dan. Hello. Romantic delusions. So one of the things I love about touring, or sorry, not touring, but about interviewing bands is kind of getting a little bit of a slice of life and kind of seeing what they're listening to or have been reading or anything. So I guess over the last few months, has there been anything that's been on repeat or just like a book or podcast or anything that's been uh, taking you through the days? Uh, On on the journey just then, we were all like kind of uh, picking a song each on 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 the journey down, which is normally just one person's absolute, uh, uh, you know, like kind of, I don't know what you call it. One person normally takes total yeah. control. We we shared the the iPod then, and it was nice. It was a good good kind of mix of stuff, and like a lot of stuff that I wouldn't normally listen to as well. Maybe maybe I'm speaking for both of us here, but I I haven't really had like one book or album I've been obsessed with. It's normally I I tend to uh, dabble with lots of things and juggle lots of things very rapidly mm-hmm. um i find it hard to get absorbed into one specific one thing. thing i i kind of my brain jumps from one place to another if i was gonna say like get pinned down and say what's the one album you've listened to most an album came out in december by the act last whole earth catalog um i can't remember the name though it's oh. called like <laughs> family matters or family needs it has the word family in the title but I, uh, I've had that album repeating a fair bit. Cool. In that case, are you the type to put your music on shuffle rather than like play through an entire album? Uh, I'm, I'm maybe the, the opposite of shuffle. It's okay. more so that I will just meticulously make playlists and add to the queue and be like, oh, okay, what will go nicely after this? Oh, what haven't I heard? And I'll just throw things at a, a big list of a big list of stuff. Even if I put on a record, after about two, three tracks of it, I'm like, okay, I'm going to put on a different one. I'm going to put on a different one. Like, uh, I'm very impatient, I think. That kind of reminds me, because uh, on Friday, we were driving 
uh, to York for a track meet or something. And then um, the girl that was uh, in charge of the aux, she literally changed the song every 30 seconds. Like she would only play the first 30 seconds of the song and then before the beat dropped or anything, she'd just go to the next one. But yeah, I guess she was like, "That's I know it's annoying, but I can't help it. But yeah. yeah. It's, it's interesting seeing how people consume music. You know, yeah. I used to be in a band with somebody who only listened to like just skip through all everything all the time. They weren't in it for the for the Literally. just listening to a full record, <laughs> you know. Yeah, and I guess uh, when you kind of think about like the way people consume music too, um, I always feel like albums or when bands release music that maybe not necessarily all the time, but it's meant to like this is a whole piece of work and it's not. I mean, I guess when they do singles, there is like singles, but. I always feel like I, I can't bring myself to not hear the full thing or like start it and then stop it because I almost feel like it's one piece of something and yeah it's always interesting to see how people consume it too or just kind of the way they take it in. I mean, I'll, I'll honestly say that's good and as, as someone making albums that's how I want people to listen to our music. Um, I'm just not what I would consider a good listener. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I almost want to dive in a little bit more into that, but we can come back to that later. Um, to start off our show, usually we like to introduce the band and your music to anybody who might be listening that's not familiar with you. So, would you like to take the time to tell us about how Prime Mike started? By the redundancy of thoughts collected but not kept And maybe I'm still a stupid little boy Too weak to understand what will come I want to find peace of mind Maybe no mind is the answer to that conundrum Oh, I want to be a baby again The band started, it was just a solo project when it started, mm-hmm. um, and it was uh, me unable to play guitar, very depressed, and kind of inspired by people like Paul Barabo and the Mountain Goats and Daniel Johnston, um, and even people like Wildman Larry Fisher, um, just trying to um, make music without any prior ability playing it. Um, Crywank was a nickname I was given by people, so I just used it. And I ended up doing one album, and during that period of time, you we had a mutual friend who showed Dan the album, 
And then for the second album, uh, Dan did the artwork. And at this point, it was still not meant to be that serious of a project. It was just me having a go. But I put everything online for free and it kind of started getting a lot more momentum. We started getting show offers and things like that. Um, so at that point, Dan just started jamming with me on like a homemade box thing. Yeah, like a, a wooden chest kind of thing. Just with, uh, it, like there was like snare strings, just duct taped to the side. And then you had the tambourine you made. Oh yeah, the tambourine was just like a bit a bit of wood with like a bottle, bottle cap nail to it. So. Uh, it was. A, I used to play in a toy guitar as well. The uh, original kind of setup for us was pretty janky. Um, but then Dan joined the band, but there's no official date. It just kind of happened. Yeah. Um, and then we recorded um, in our front room at the time, a place called um, Albany Road in Manchester, where there was like house shows and stuff. We lived there for a while. Um, and in the living room of there, over the space of one or two days, uh, we recorded the album Tomorrow Is Nearly Yesterday and Every Day Is Stupid. And that was the one that, like, when it went online, just mm-hmm. seemed to blow up. And then this thing that was always meant to be just kind of like a cathartic exercise where I was sharing more than I normally would, largely because I didn't think anyone would ever actually listen to it, yeah. ended up getting, like, millions of plays on the internet and becoming my full-time job. really interesting because I mean I know people often call it like you know uh, a public journal entry or something like that and since your music is so intensely vulnerable or at least it uh, ties into things that I don't really know if everyone would be super comfortable with saying and as you mentioned like there's millions of people who are listening and I guess their eyes are all on you how do you deal with that feeling of almost just like that that having to feel so exposed Uh, I I'd say I deal with it very badly. <laughs> um, if, if I was, was going to say, how do I deal with it badly, is probably the answer. Oh, how rude of me to bring my thoughts into your bedroom. Is it condescending to be so scared I might hurt you? Oh, how rude of me to bring my thoughts into your bedroom. It's good I've got Dan with me to kind of calm me down, although we've not actually seen each other in about two years because of the pandemic. But it would be the case where I would be like losing my head over like things people were saying online, like just just jokes people were making, being like Crywank sucks for this reason or stuff like that, or just like the the paranoia kind of uh, getting me too much just of like... Uh, being judged for lyrics that I'd written or just just even being like a visible person like there becomes a point where like even your personal social media starts being found by people who are fans of your band yeah and and there was that time where you got hacked and we were like in the studio recording an album and 
weren't having a particularly good time. Yeah, I, I had <laughs> like a total break. You were actually pretty bad at that point because I was, I was having a total breakdown and the entire time, like Dan just kept taking pictures of me on his phone. Oh <laughs> like, oh so many, so yeah. many pictures of me being like totally distraught. He even has this one video of his friend doing like a skate trick and it's like a, this video is in like black and white and slow motion. He's like doing a skate trick next to me and I'm just there with my head in my hands trying to figure out like, cause I got hacked and black blackmail yeah not even like a, a real blackmail so it shouldn't have really mattered but they were like we have your account we mm. can make you look racist all right homophobic you know we want and it was like they didn't even want money they wanted more of my other accounts they were like <laughs> give me your instagram account and you can get these other accounts oh back. my god <laughs> and i was like no but it, it took so long to actually sort it out and i had like a a bit of a mental breakdown because of it, but... Uh, Wait, how did that get sorted? I, it just eventually, the social media companies got back yeah. and were like, oh, yes, you have been hacked, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, and I found out it was actually, like, one of those Spotify... I was an idiot. I want one of those things It's like, oh, enter your Spotify information in here and we'll make you a cool graph. Yeah. And oh. I did that, and then that's how they got my information. And I was like, wow, I'm an idiot, as if I ever did that. Um... So yeah, I, I kind of handle it badly and I get very paranoid. Um, but in general, people who listen to the music are very nice. Yeah. It's like a very... Like 99.9%, I'd yeah. say, are really, really Humbling good, nice kind of people. <laughs> we just sometimes get... Uh, it, it's that thing where there's like, there's like one in a thousand or maybe less, maybe a little more. They won't acknowledge the difference between like... Um, a self-managed kind of uh, band who exist outside of labels and outside of the music industry. And they won't acknowledge the difference between that and a band like One Direction. Mm -hmm. And you end up having people who are very invested in you. Um, And that can... It's like a combination of anxiety that you're going to disappoint these people or that be these people who are so positively obsessed with you are going to, like, turn on you because you haven't responded to an email fast enough or things like that. Yeah. And it's also, like, this feeling of us or the people that listen to your music of knowing you Mm. or feeling like we know who you are, even if... I know it's it's actually really strange. When you you guys first walked in, I was thinking, oh, wow, it's weird because I know your names. I know what you look like. And probably this is the first time... It's like, yeah, you know, like, you feel like you've been with these people for years or, you know... I mean, you feel like you have this connection with with the people that create stuff and then it's not necessarily a real one or even not necessarily artificial. It's not fake, but I think it's just weird to think about how, you know, it's like you get put on a pedestal, but the image that we create in our minds of, of you or even just any artist, for example, is not even necessarily a real person. And a yeah. real I, th- I think there's like... Um kind of like a an amplified version of parasocial relationships that can come word, from yeah. uh, doing identity-based music. Yeah. You know, if, if I was like a strict folk singer and I only sung folk stories of, you know, different people that weren't me, then I think it would be a different thing. But the way I write songs and always have written songs is like, me, 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 me. And it's <laughs> yeah. just a stream of consciousness. So I also understand the ways where I, I can complain about it and get paranoid about it and blah, blah, blah. That's, to be honest, normally, only when asked, most of the time I'm just very grateful that people yeah. even give what I create their time and thought and even have this connection is normally a nice thing. Um, but yeah, I it, it's definitely when I am complaining about it, I have to also acknowledge the ways in which 
my kind of creative process does encourage that. And if even to get the most out of the music that we make, probably even requires people to even give a little bit of that as the listener. Like, I think the, the listener will get more trying to relate on that level than what they would as, like, a, a passive listener. Uh, do you ever wish that you created a persona that took it away or created a character for it? and then Like Ziggy kinda, Stardust kind of Kind of thing. thing, yeah. That's what I was thinking about. I, I did actually used to think it would be cool because Dan's an illustrator, so it would have been, like, something that would have maybe worked of, like, making, like, a cartoon character like the gorillas, mm -hmm. but it, it still always would have been a reflection of me. That's yeah. how I write the lyrics. Uh, in a kind of a weird way, it's kind of like Crywank is that, but it also kind of took over who I was before. Like, a lot of facets of my own identity um, got taken over by this band um, and hadn't really returned until, like, the past two years since the pandemic where we had time away from it. It kind of got to a boiling point with us both touring. We even did a, an album that was just about um, kind of our struggles touring together and my ego and it was meant to be our last album but i'm yeah. not even sure if it is what it is gonna be now um we're just trying to finish the tour we said we'd do beforehand and then we'll mm -hmm. check in and see how it is yeah that kind of brought two questions that i was thinking to mind um so i'm gonna ask both of them but the first one was uh for both of you with the band as you mentioned that the, it kind of became, or it turned you into this person that you haven't really been able to return to before the pandemic. Do you think that the iteration of yourself right now, I guess both of you, that started off writing this music, are, is that the same version of yourself or is it just like two different people at this point? Because I know people say it's like, oh, I'm, I changed over the years or I'm, I'm different, but. Yeah, but or also like, what do you return to when you get out of the writing the music yeah what's gonna be left is it just that crywank turned you into a different person and then there's no more of the other person that was there before or is it now that there's this new person i'm trying to become or that's yeah i do i told well i think we're, from mine and jay's point of view we were, we've been away like quite a, some years for like nine kind of like months in the year so like it's been nice kind of getting involved with music again and going to gigs that we're not playing and you know, like listening to music and doing things that people do when they're not traveling, like sitting down and eating no. and, like, you know, like just general things. You, it's been good finding, you know, like reconnecting with friends that we've necessarily not been able to have any good relationships with because we're about so much, you know. Yeah, I, I was going to say it's it's one of those things where you know, everyone acts differently around every different person. You act differently around some friends than you do your partner, than you do your family. And you have so many different, like, facets of yourself. And I think for so long, me and Dan, the pair of us, only really got to uh, put out the um, the crywank facets of ourselves just from kind of touring and living on the road for so long. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's one of those things where I think it, obviously I've changed. I've, I've grown up. I was like yeah. 19 when I started this band. I'm in my 30s now. So there's like a lot of changes. It, it, I guess there's some elements of my identity that will never change. But it's that thing where sometimes there's someone who you'll maybe see every other day for a year. And then, you know, you go on tour, you see them once or twice over two, three, four years. And then you see them again 
and you have time off and you get to spend time with them and it's like nothing's changed and these ways of expressing yourself which you know aren't all defining but are kind of like refreshing yeah um you remember that you expressed yourself like that with this person and that you had conversations like this um so that's nice i think i don't know it's kind of it's been like rebuilding that and uh i don't know so much of our life was just completely based on just being on the go and i think that's one thing that the virus did kind of like help with is just like having a stop to slow down you know do you feel more like yourself when you're on the go or when you're slowed down uh neither or yeah neither i I don't know i guess even the the nature of cry wank is like um the idea of like uh I, i don't know a cost like a constant imposter syndrome of the self like you know the idea that there is no self it's always kind of like a performed thing although deep down that's like the the anxiety i kind of think it's like a reflective thing and it's a lot to do with like um like praxis not praxis um like dialectics where it's um you know it's it's like you need the other person yeah and the like the even with music the crowd the audience the person at the other end of the speaker Mm -hmm. or even with how you relate and respond to people, the communities that you're in. Um, yeah, I, I, even within like small levels, like the self is like, I think other people probably have a better idea of myself who hang around me than what I do of myself because I'm witnessing it all. So I can see how rapidly it changes dependent on the situation I'm in. I think I used to uh, have this idea that that there is only like a certain version of myself that I can experience by doing certain things, and it's almost I think selfish. I always I always used to feel like I was being selfish by like if I if I don't have this person in my life, then I'll never get to experience the side of me anymore. Or I just want this person in my life because I want to be able to access that part of myself that I don't get to usually see when I'm not with them or not doing this thing. Kind of reminded me of DBT, of how you can experience these two things and maybe you're, you know, watching yourself do something and experience something instead of necessarily saying it's bad for me or the way I'm acting right now is bad or how do you not judge yourself for that? Do you mean uh, how you turn something that... It could essentially yeah, be neg- like, negative into like a positive yeah, like that. Uh, thing. Well, I, I rang, rang you up about it. Like when uh, restrictions kind of like ended, I went to a gig that was in the UK that was like out in the in like a courtyard. And it was like the first time that a lot of people had kind of like been around each other and stuff. And I was there watching like the axe play and I could feel like everybody's like kind of like nervous energy, you know, like everybody's like kind of like what's going to happen next and it it kind of like dawned on me that I used to feel that all the time and then kind of like use that as a good thing to kind of I don't know get over um, being worried about the gig or being worried about how you're going to perform because I suppose everybody just wants you to to do well and it's not really anything that you can tangibly describe is just kind of like other than like kind of saying that people don't necessarily want to see somebody have a, a breakdown uh, in front of them or you know like while they're performing and stuff and like the it's I think over the years it's been easier to get into that 
get into a mindset where you're not really thinking about what you're doing and if you do make mistakes then you can just laugh it off which is a miles better way than kind of like uh, being very attached to them you know like and then you're making more mistakes and I think in terms of like playing sometimes you can just have a lot of things go wrong all at once but then if you start sweating about it then it goes doubly as wrong because you're panicking but um, you just gotta laugh laugh it up I think <laughs> so what did you say? Uh, I don't know. I, I, I think um, like when it came to the the question you asked, when it comes to like you know like negative behavior you've maybe accepted or even done yourself, and then you have like a period of time afterwards where you can reflect on that, and then you acknowledge that, and you're like, who was I in that moment? I can't believe I accepted that or I did that. Um, one of the ways where I've kind of coped with it, and I, I do it creatively, but I think it can be applied to a number of different responses, but it's choosing to do a positive action specifically because of that bad thing. So, you know, um, let's say you're in a relationship and your partner cheats on you and it hurts very much and you break up. So you do a painting or you write a song because of that. And, you know, I, I did do that. That's the experience I had. And if I hadn't done that, I wouldn't be in this room right now. I wouldn't be on tour right now. I probably wouldn't be crywank right now. It's, um, taking something negative and then making that you know influence your decision even if that decision is like I don't go out much anymore I need to do it and I'm gonna do it mentally because of this you know um, I think then it can make you kind of have like a, a healing feeling about the bad things that happened because it also was the crux of everything that came afterwards um, which it is going to be anyway, but it's just kind of creating the kind of um, conscious thought of doing that um, just helps um, reinforce that you are creating good from it.
You're listening to CJAM 99.1 FM, a campus community radio station, now reaching higher ground in Windsor and Detroit. I don't move in with theories. Attention Windsor, Detroit musicians, CJAM wants you. Each and every month, CJAM creates a local singles compilation exclusively for programmer use. At the end of each month, we tally up the plays and make a chart of top local tunes. Join the CJAM FM Singles Club today and get your music on the radio. Submit your fresh new tracks to cjammd at gmail.com with the subject line, Singles Club. You could find yourself at the top of CJAM's monthly local chart. The CJAM Singles Club. Just another way we reach higher ground in Windsor and Detroit. More information at cjam.ca. Sounds here on CJAM 99.1 FM, reaching higher ground in Windsor and Detroit. On today's episode, we are currently playing an interview we did with Dan and Jay, Minds Behind Crywing. And the rest of it is coming up, so stay tuned. Pious reflections on things I have only just come to. I really like how you said that. It especially kind of comes back almost in full circle to the latest record that you put out. Um, since it did kind of come from a bad situation that happened, I don't know if you want to talk about a little bit about the fire. Yeah, yeah. I'm happy to. I mean, it, it, me and my partner just woke up. Um, it, was, it was weird. I couldn't sleep. I was still up at about um, 4 a.m. and I was like, I couldn't sleep because it was way too uh, cold. So I turned off the air conditioner. Um, which was like super loud. Um, 
and then went on my phone a little bit until it heated up and then went to bed. Then about four and a half hours later and I barely slept, my partner woke up and was like, I can hear static, what's that noise? I can hear static. And I remember saying, oh, it's nothing, it's the air conditioner, even though I'd turned it off. Um, and the thing is, if I hadn't turned it off, then she probably wouldn't have heard. But uh, when it came to her looking outside, the whole of our deck was on fire. So uh, she grabbed our cat, ran downstairs, I grabbed the fire extinguisher and went outside didn't really realize how bad the fire was and uh, tried to fight the fire, failed kind of miserably and also burnt my foot really badly. So it took about three months to get a new place and about six months for the foot to like heal so I can walk around properly. It does still hurt sometimes, but it's not wildly bad. Mm -hmm. Um, But during that period, it was like, I know I'm gonna wallow. Like I, I'm kind of stuck. We were staying at my partner's parents. Um, you know, I have no family over here. Um, and they live out of the city. It's not like I'm going to be seeing my friends regularly. And I was like, I need to do something to create some positivity out of this because I don't want to wallow and I need something to distract my brain because otherwise I'm just going to spend the whole time feeling sorry for myself. So it was kind of a weird thing where I literally had writer's block for about a year and a half before that and then I wrote that whole album in three days and it was also that weird one where um, you know we can spend months on albums months on songs and they don't really get the response that you want and then this thing that I did in three days ended up being one of the most popular things we've released so that was interesting um, and nice the only thing that to be honest wasn't nice about it is the fact that it was like the first Crywank album since 2012 that Dan wasn't on like uh, his absence was felt um, but it was nice to do that again I thought if this could end somehow that I could mend but I didn't Your hand came out my mouth and I bit down and now in order and I miss you We chose to have a space but in some ways I feel
stupid men Cause I blamed you I shouldn't blame you that if you had an experience like the fire and you didn't create something um, out of it or do you ever get into the trap of feeling like it'd be wasted or a wasted opportunity? I, I, I mean it's, it's one of those things where like, it's not even like lyrically the album is like I was in a fire yeah. oh my god like it, it, it was kind of like me getting a lot of feelings that existed before the fire and just using that as the crux to be like I need to do something now for my head if I don't I will wallow um and I think if I didn't do that, then yeah, I, w- I would have just wallowed and felt sorry for myself. Um, so it was it was like you know a, a, a necessary distraction and kind of like a necessary catharsis. Um, and it's also when you are in like a manic state. I'm not trying to glorify the idea of like when your mental health is worse, you're more creative. Yeah. But yeah. as a lyricist who specifically focuses on sad songs, it's a lot easier to tap into that area of creative writing for me. No, yeah, that makes sense for sure. Um, also, I don't know, since being in that state, I feel like I don't know how many people in their lives will be able to like 
physically be in a fire. Um, and I, it actually did kind of make me think of like Fight Club with once the, once his, um, apartment blew up. Uh, was that a spoiler? But it's okay. But it's, um, I think everyone's seen it. Yeah, at this point. <laughs> and if you haven't seen it, then whatever. But just, um, like in that in that state of mind, like, and I know, like, the only thing that we really have for reference is the idea of like, when you are in a fire, what's the first thing that you'll pick up? But I guess what what comes to your mind when you're dealing or like watching your things burn? We were kind of lucky that it was mostly the deck that burned. Okay. What destroyed nearly everything we owned was the water damage from fighting the fire. Okay. Um, but the only thing that crossed my mind was uh, our cat. Uh, Charlie Bear, getting him safe, making sure my partner was downstairs, and the first thing I grabbed was a fire extinguisher. You know, um, I, I think because we've traveled so much, I'm not the most object-oriented, nostalgic kind of person. Um, but on that note, since I moved into a new place, it's been nice buying toys and collecting things and stuff like that. Yeah, what sort of stuff do you collect? Um, started buying Barbies. Really? Um, yeah, I, I try and get like the the gayest looking Barbies <laughs> that I can. So I have like a Mermaid Ken, I have a, a Wizard of Oz, a Scarecrow Ken. Um, I I also get like uh, you know like I've got the bald Barbie, wheelchair Barbie, anything that just seems like a Barbie that wouldn't have existed yeah. like thirty forty years ago. Because I can't buy the vintage ones. They're too expensive. I was going to so say, like, which so, ones wow, do I think Barbie will be the most interesting in about 20, 30 years? Yeah. And I get a lot of rubber face toys. Oh, and you, Dan? Are you? Do you collect anything? Or uh, I, I, I still collect pogs. Wait, what are pogs? Uh, they're like they're like car, uh, they're, they're like milk caps, but like they got eventually got made into like cardboard. I think it started off in like Hawaii. Wow, I've never heard of that before. They just yeah. have like cool. Yeah. They're very nineties. Yeah, okay. It was, it was being in the nineties. I'm old. E- each each one each one has like a, a gnarly image on it. It'll always be like a, a kid with like a backwards cap on a skateboard or like a yeti. Yeah, flaming eight balls. Yeah, there's loads Snake of with flaming eight, eight balls. balls. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder who draws them or who decides what gets on it. Yeah. Everybody used to. They used to be. Uh, they used to be uh, chips, didn't they? Yeah, you get them in chips. You get them in cereal oh, boxes. Okay. Pogs need to come back. To be honest, <laughs> they were great. Yeah, what are we supposed to be collecting now? I don't know. Uh, masks. Oh, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it also kind of going back to like writing the album too, or just working on it. Um, I know you mentioned it a little bit, or just touched on it briefly. The idea of being, you know, feeling like glorifying the idea that I have to be in a really depressive state or have to be really messed up for this to be able to create something um, really great or meaningful. And and I guess it kind of reminds me of the idea of like being or of not feeling like you're uh, being authentic if you're not wallowing or if you're not dealing with it in a an healthy way. So I guess how do you kind of balance that of, you know, still trying to create music that's authentic or creating work that's authentic to your experience, but not having to put yourself in necessarily. Because, well, today, since you guys are performing at a concert, and let's say you're singing the songs that are going back, I guess maybe they'd mentally take you back to a certain place. Do you feel like you have to, maybe not method act, but like shift your entire state of mind? I mean, normally that's what I do. Uh, If if I play live, um, like people... 
I don't know. It's one of those things where like I want to be a good performer, but yeah. sometimes I forget that I'm on stage. But that's kind of my goal, and I'll close my eyes while I'm playing, and then I realize it probably looks pretty stupid. Someone on stage, like just like completely eyes closed, like. But um, I, I will try and get into the same mindset I was in when I wrote that song. I don't always succeed, but it it kind of feels. Um, it's one of those things where, especially with the earlier songs, like. You know, the first album that I wrote came out 12 years ago, maybe 13 years ago now. And um, I, I don't necessarily relate to it. Mm -hmm. and I don't even necessarily like some of it. And if I am to perform it and there's people who've come there and they've paid to see me and they do like those songs, I owe it to them to be like, well, I want to perform this the best I can. Yeah. And it's not like it wasn't me who wrote this. I just have to try and... Find. Yeah, find it and get back into it and try and make it so it is like an authentic performance because either A, performing like I'm somehow above it now or B, performing in a way where it's like, well, I can just act like I'm this. That mm. uh, doesn't feel right. Whereas just trying to like tap into that. It does feel more authentic, but I also kind of feel like the, I mean, it's kind of a lyrical thing that comes up a lot in Crywank and like the quest for authenticity but I also think it's kind of like a very self-defeating quest. Mm -hmm. um, and if I get too fixated on that, then I will just be uh, wallowing in persistent failure. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And outside of cry Crywank, do you have any other avenues that you like to, I guess, explore that part of yourself or at least like, you know, I guess like that search for authenticity. That's, I mm. guess, what I mean. I mean, uh, I suppose you... People are always doing it all the time. Uh, whereas I, I, I'm guessing you, you feel pretty comfortable most of the time when, or like, you know, where you are with the songs and stuff like that. But say if you got plunked in the middle of, um, you know, like some kind of steel refinery or something like that for <laughs> two weeks, we'd probably have, you know, like a massive kind of uh, shock. Or like, if, if you had to... I don't know. I think I did great in a steel refinery. I don't know what you're about. <laughs> Worked for Jeff Bezos or something. <laughs> um, I, I think most... I mean, if I was going to say, like, at what point am I most authentic or at what point am I, like, not thinking about how I'm being perceived, mm -hmm. um, it, it's, like, you're going to hyperfixate on it a lot more when it's to do with creative pursuits. Um, and so I guess when it's just, like... This probably sounds very dull, but watching television or yeah. playing a video game with people who you are comfortable being around that is normally the times in which i am like not considering authenticity which i guess is when you are the most, the most. like authentic like <laughs> there's something that's like uh to worry about how authentic you are being and to focus on all the levels of fakery you have whether it's being polite to someone who you really wish you hadn't been or it's you trying to impress someone mm -hmm. by performing a more interesting version of yourself than you believe is true like i don't know i kind of think yeah it's moments of like boredom not even mm -hmm. boredom but just like stillness where there's just no performance or i guess you're in the the audience place and there's other things performing for you yeah um, I don't know. I feel like I'm kind of rambling. I don't no, know if I've got a point yeah. or not. Um, but are there any other creative pursuits or endeavors that you'd ever want to try to? What to um, outside of outside, outside of, of music? Yeah, outside of music. Uh, you want? Oh, you suppose you wanted to do a musical, didn't you? But yeah, it's still music. But it's that is still music. Yeah, oh, well, that's Mu cool. musical is a big goal of me. You draw a lot. 
Yeah. I wanted to do a comic. That'd be really cool. I wanted to do a bit ago, do this like food, a like kind of food based DJ thing where you're cooking and DJing at the same time. Oh wow, I've never heard of one of that. It could be like, you know, at the restaurants instead of the, when they put out the food in front of you and they're cooking it in front of you, maybe you could just have like a scratch yeah. table yeah. on the side. Yeah. Have the, uh, have the, uh, the thing that you're going to be grabbing flying around. Oh yeah, like a buffet <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. to resist 
tasty thoughts that I make up Make me feel sick Give my ego a premise And try to commit Still can't run away from the fact I exist But sure sometimes it is nice To be tangible and true Self-recognition is hard to construe To be content in yourself, well it's difficult to do Some days you'd rather be me Some days I'd rather Some ways that's why it's hard to empathize. You're nothing more than character in someone else's life. To them, you live as the fiction that you would like to be, but without the control over how you're perceived, you may feel minimized or maybe misunderstood, maybe idealized whilst undeserving of that love. So then discard the opinion as they don't really know you Just to face the facts you don't know yourself too Sure sometimes it is nice to feel tangible and true Self-recognition is hard I was going to say, when you were mentioning, I guess, being around people, for example, playing video games and how that becomes kind of your most authentic self, there was a song that I'm... where you talk about... It's a cool knife, bro. Where you talk about, yeah, being loved versus being misunderstood. And I, I don't know, I, I know it's the relation between how there's no um, self without referencing other people. Um, and I know it's like... Oftentimes, especially with our parents, for example... I feel like even if they don't understand me all the time, it's very, they don't understand me, but um, that they still love me. And so what makes you feel loved, I guess, most your daily life or just whenever? Yeah, with like friends or family or anything. I think um, the more people spend time around me, the more patience they maybe have to give. I don't think I'm necessarily the easiest person to be around. So patience normally makes me feel loved or just when um when someone like is genuinely interested if that makes sense like you know if if i'm talking about something which is maybe just an idea in my head or something like that and the person is like giving it their full attention it's not like they're waiting to um for me to finish yeah uh that that makes me feel very loved um but even it's just uh, you know to be considered yeah i think that a, a lot of what being loved is is just to to be considered to have someone when they act on things that may influence you you pop up in their head before they act at least that's how i consider my yeah. love to other people um it's just considering people before you act if it would affect them um, yeah. You know, I like cooking for people, but it doesn't necessarily mean I don't not like getting cooked for. 
True. Mm. That, that makes me feel pretty loved. And it also I, doesn't mean I you wouldn't cook for someone you hate. <laughs> oh, yeah. No. I definitely wouldn't cook for someone I hate. You would. <laughs> cook for <laughs> me all the time. <laughs> it's poison. Activate the yeah. supersonic decelerating counter-rotating turbines vertically. We're getting a little too close to the sun. <gasps> Depress the aerothermal thermal resurgence. Accelerate the isothermal oxyacetamine vaporometers. Invert the compression radial ratio. Energize the tandem ailerons vertically while I turn up this interplanetary microphone. <laughs> You're listening to Sea Jam 99.1 FM, Windsor, Detroit. Your voice of the underground. There are so many ways to listen to CJAM FM. At CJAM.ca, listen to our live stream and download past episodes of your favorite shows or download the UWindsor or TuneIn app to hear us on your mobile device. Of course, you can always set your radio dial to 99.1 FM in Windsor and Detroit. While you're at it, don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at CJAM FM, redefining radio in Windsor and Detroit. I want to brush my hair some more But I'm scared it might fall out I want to paint my face again But I'm scared that they might shout I dream of being pretty More than I do of thriving And dream of being remembered more than I do surviving I cross and cross and cross these trails and cross we cross all paths we tread through all the footsteps where once we were so sad it's nice to revisit it's nice to I garden my trauma Like the spineless sycophant In busy rooms All that for me I still feel misunderstood But it's ungrateful brain And chosen pain to say I feel unloved I might be often drama king I may mope and pout and grumble Even in improving circumstance I still find myself disgruntled I dig and dig Dig out my brain With primordial soup spoon Phantasmagoric memories are slowly detuned And endlessly I rewrite all my histories of you Unstable causality breathes into tapestries untrue and soon I'm sure the guilt I feel just comes from my disposition If these propion dichotomies are just my own rendition Some days I feel the hero 
of the days I feel the feeling. Perhaps we both are mutually instigator and the victim. You are currently listening to an interview Weedy and I did with Dan and Jay, who are the minds behind Crywank before their show at the Meteor last week. You're currently tuned into Absent Sounds here on CJAM 99.1 FM, reaching higher ground in Windsor and Detroit. Like a knife that slices so mathematically into these perfect halves. And the binary. Mm-hmm. And in, I guess in, in that sense, since you guys have such a close bond, when you were at the point of dissolving the band, or I guess the disintegration of uh, Crywink as it was. I guess I, I was just wondering, kind of, yeah, on that too. Do you think that, um, was there ever a question if it would change your relationship or make, you know, a rift between you two? It's one of those things where the band was kind of at the time like the plan was to dissolve it, do this big grand world tour so that no one could say we didn't try our best, <laughs> you yeah, know. And yeah. uh, we went to all the places that we said we'd go to, and we managed to do most of it, apart from Europe that we'd done loads, and the US got cancelled that we'd never been to. But we did South America, which was amazing, and we recorded a final album, and we had it all kind of set up. But the, I think the main reason we were doing it was for uh-huh. our friendship. Yeah, like it was definitely getting to the point where it was taking up so much of our time that we weren't, you know, like you were referring to back before, we were less of ourselves than we were just like kind of just churning out this this thing, and it 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 was kind of like we were both becoming really horrible to each other based on like that we were kind of like trapped doing this thing together that we couldn't stop. It was like taking up. Ev- everything you know yeah, yeah we, we only had one other constant and that was the other person and it's it's kind of a lot to put on the other person as well as that there's like a lot of dynamics at play that come from being in a band like dan's traveling around the world with someone who like i i manage the band i book the shows um i don't anymore i've got other people to book them because <laughs> i was getting too stressed but at this point i booked the shows i booked the accommodation not even because dan wasn't offering help but i was just a bit um you know, uh, power hungry maybe, or it's like this is you know get, get away. I'm I'm doing it kind mm-hmm. of thing, and all the music is me singing. Yeah, and so I know that put Dan in like a kind of like a weird social situation. We'd have gigs where we'd play, and afterwards, someone would come up to Dan and just hand him a camera and just oh, assume no. that he'd take a picture, or like um, you know Dan would play a gig with us and we'd play for like because it was the final tour. Some gigs were like an hour and a half to two hours. We got off stage sweaty as hell. We'd just traveled eight hours to get there. You know, it's been very stressful, hard work. And some kid would go up to Dan and be like, I didn't even know Crywank had a drummer. (laughs) (laughs) Whereas, I mean, for me, my experience was different. I had uh, a lot of people um, giving me too much attention, if even. When Dan could go to the bar and just have a drink and and relax, Mm -hmm. I'd I'd have like a a queue of teenagers who wanted to spill all their biggest traumas to me or make wank jokes that made me uncomfortable being on the receiving end of. And um, it's sometimes like you get, we get to the venue, obviously like unload and then people would want to talk to Jace almost straight away. 
and then it might be like just before you we actually get to go on stage that you get to go to the toilet yeah <laughs> oh my god kind of making your way slowly there but just be getting stopped for like, kind of like I'm, I'm excited for Windsor because I've got a feeling Windsor's going to be a lot more chill than some of the other shows to be honest if I get there and there's like 200 people and they're all like mega fans I will be a bit oh daunted but I'm not expecting that tonight but yeah just as two being the other ones constant we kind of also became the other one's punching bag yeah. and it's not like we didn't have close moments and mm. right now it's had so much distance we can just reminisce and laugh about it yeah. but like at the, at the time I, I know we made the other one cry made the other one seethe you know we made the other one feel trapped on the other side of the world mm. and this was like a, a regular thing and it kind of was like we tried to do an album that was kind of both a way of releasing our issues and also acknowledging our own toxic behavior and the main reason of ending the band was um you know so that we could have a better friendship yeah. you know when we call each other we have a chat about movies and music and our, our friendship with other people who are mutual friends with and things like that rather than arguing about the logistics of the band and things we need to do but it's a weird thing. I'm not trying to say the pandemic was a good thing, but in context of the band, like, what we really needed was, like, a nice break from each other. Yeah. And it's kind of that thing where an album that wasn't planned was released during the pandemic. We always said we'd continue the tour when we could again. And it, it kind of feels like I should keep my mouth shut and it just be some announcement, but that also <laughs> feels performative and stupid. I don't know where it's going to go, but, you know, I think we're both excited to record music together again and mm -hmm. you know I, I I don't know if we will or won't split up we'll probably still always make music together but it might be involving other people or different projects yeah yeah it's just more that we're probably accepting help now yeah and we also just we're both conscious of the fact that we don't want this band to become our entire life again. Yeah. You know, we, 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 after doing it for like such a long, difficult period, we're like, okay, we can dedicate uh, so many months to it a year, but we, we need everything else for our heads, yeah. mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Honestly, I think there's a lot of uh, like parallels between your relationship and... That's what I was thinking about, yeah. Yeah, Especially like as twins, it's the fact that we can even like separate our own identities from each other like the way that they perceive her automatically like becomes how I view myself too and I, mean, I, I don't know it's so interesting especially Dan being in a band where it almost becomes like Triwink is supposed to almost be like you but and then you're just I don't want I don't mean on the side but like yeah do you a, have like identity crisis <laughs> yeah. I was just quite fortunate in a lot of ways like necessarily I don't want to um get stopped by uh, 50, 50, 50, 60 uh, teenagers and uh, kind of like go through the ins and outs of their life because I'd probably just maybe be very direct with them and, and be like school maybe stay in school if you like school maybe don't go to school if you don't like school maybe school's not the thing for you yeah. see ya <laughs> yeah bye well, like, I'm pretty sure that you'll be back with your girlfriend very soon <laughs> it's not the end of the world or that you'll find some other loves and you'll probably have like a million between now and the time that you know like that you get old mm -hmm. but um, I think in some ways I was quite fortunate where I didn't have many responsibilities but the same way um, probably didn't have that many people to talk to uh, throughout a lot of it so 
I probably spent a lot more time drinking and smoking on my own than probably what you you managed to do. Yeah, I was having the uh, oh, I'm sure you'll find love again conversation with, with <laughs> yeah, <laughs> loads of teenagers. Yeah. That kind of reminded me the whole dynamic too of of turning out music and just turning going on tours and almost like a factory. And last night, actually, I was watching this video with by one of my favorite artists, um, and she does certain multi multimedia things, and they're pretty cool, like sculptures. And she mentioned that she's pretty intentional about not wanting to be a factory and wanting to be an artist. So, like, taking herself away from that also. But I know that on the other side, that there's always this desire to, you know, make a living, and you kind of do need to be able to force yourself to do it. Even yeah, when, like even when it's hard, or like you know, go on tours, maybe, or you know, put yourself into a place that maybe isn't the most healthy, just because you want to make make some path to make money. Or and so I was kind of wondering, how do you take the time to carve out space to make music, but not necessarily be so put so much focus on you know making money or trying to force yourself to do you know, become a factory to produce things that, you know, people are going to really like or that'll, and at the end of the day, make you successful, quote unquote, successful um, versus like doing something that, you know, takes up a lot of time, but maybe won't, maybe won't, I don't know, get you a Grammy or something, but it'll mean something to you. I think we've, we've, we're just pretty uh, disorganized in general. So even doing it in like a factory kind of like, I don't know, people will probably view us as being like, oh, you only release albums when necessary and things like that. But and I mean, that is essentially the case, but that's probably the closest even feels like to factory to us because it feels like a lot of work. Uh, I see people who are very much so like, I mean, the band is our full-time job, but I, I know people in, you know, like, I mean, it's not their full-time job and I, I don't mean to diminish them by calling them small, but you yeah. know, like, Toronto acts on labels, but it's not like they get very many plays on the internet. And I'll be like, oh, you know, what are you doing tonight? Do you want to do this? And they're like, oh, I can't. I'm having a photo shoot with my band. <laughs> and they'll have had a photo shoot the previous week. And, like, for me, stuff like that I find uh, confusing because we've we've been a band for 13 years and never had a photo shoot. Um um, you do have some wonderful photos, though. I yeah, guess. people often just come to gigs and take pictures of us and say we can use them, which is is dead nice. Mm-hmm. Um, we've never gone to a, a a studio or anything to have pictures done, though. And I don't know. It's uh, it it, it kind of seems exhausting, and it kind of seems like it sucks a lot of the fun out. Mm-hmm. I I think we just always try and approach touring's different, but when it comes to making art, we just try and make sure it's fun. Yeah. But even that can feel like a warehouse and not be fun. And, and I think in general, most people who, who are trying to make music for profit or are going down uh, that kind of that kind of way, they, they relatively can succeed with doing that. But would you feel happy with yourself? I think when Crywank are pretty fortunate is in that the, the everything kind of comes from like this kind of like honest kind of bone. And uh, it's. It, it, I think it'd be it's it'd be quite difficult. I think it'd be quite difficult to try and make Christmas number one or something like that. Yeah. I, to be honest, I'd still love to though. I still want <laughs> yeah. Christmas song, Halloween song, 
Um, it's not big. It's not big anywhere other than the UK. Is it Christmas number one? I don't. Th- I think I, there's still Christmas songs, but I don't think it's as <laughs> obsessed. <laughs> Mariah Carey, you have to do. Yeah. yeah. But I, to be honest, if I was gonna do like money for music, I was even thinking about Christmas songs this year. But it's one of those yeah. things you got to record them in like July, you know. Um, and it, it, we don't have the time. Uh, well, we did. I didn't have the. I, I ran out of time. By the time my Christmas songs were ready, it was December and everyone was oh. like, this is far too late. But maybe this year I I did want to write the worst Christmas album ever written. Like one that was just like horribly uh, depressing but fun. Oh, you yeah. Know? yeah. Yes, makes the season, I think. Seasonal depression. <laughs> so like just forcing yourself to kind of make something that's not necessarily good but like bad? No, just, uh, I mean, it's, it's one of those things where I... I will put a lot of pressure on myself with some Cry Wank songs, but this needs to be really good. Yeah. But to be honest, not even with every single one, there's some which I think maybe you can tell when you listen to them. It's like we go into it and we're like, doesn't matter if it's not amazing, let's just express this and have fun. Yeah. Um, but it would be, to be honest, if, there, if I was doing a Christmas song, I wouldn't have like a mental pressure to be like, this has to be one of the yeah, best things I've ever right. done. I'd be like going into the studio being like, let's have fun. It's Christmas. Yeah. We've got jingle bells to record. <laughs> and even if it didn't make that much money, I wouldn't really care. The, the main goal would be having yourself. fun. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. And in that, in that, I guess in that situation as well, um, I guess specifically on like the production value. And um, I know a lot of times I read critics online. Sometimes they'll say, you know, it sounds a little low quality or they will, I don't know, lots of different things that people have or ideas of their how opinions. things should, yeah, their opinions. <laughs> and I always, from my perspective, I always think like things that are more like outflows of yourself, such as Crywink, um, almost don't, they can't be critiqued in the same sense as, as something that's maybe you can't say this is how it's supposed to sound in a way because it's like this is just his experience and like this is just their expression of something um and i'm i'm kind of curious if you feel the same way about like eyes on your work or if anything free reign you don't really mind can you can always pretend that you're driving people in a direction that you want them to read something out but you you you'll never get them to you'll never get the message properly kind of like um, everybody's going to interpret everything in the, their own different way. Even the the notes are going to sound completely different to every every year, you know, or how you perceive it, you know, like. Well, yeah, it's it's interesting. Like, there's, there's always someone else at the other end of the speaker, and even sometimes, if someone even mishears lyrics, it's not even like they've like mm-hmm. interpreted it in their own way, but they could mishear a lyric and hear it way better. I even have a, a fan who, um, um. Uh, I have a line like, I am not a stallion, I am just perverse. And he always thought it was, uh, I am not a stallion, I am just a horse. And I'll be honest, I, I weigh like, I prefer wow. that way more. I think it kind of puts the same thing across, but it's a bit less crude about it. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, um, when it comes to critiquing us, um, I don't know, because I, I, I'll read people who completely just, hate cry wank online mm-hmm. and they write really mean reviews and i'll find more that i relate to within those <laughs> no. than i will within the people who think that we're great you know i think that's like maybe a normal thing for musicians i'm not sure but um i don't know if people want to 
critique our production quality fine, but it's not about production quality, yeah. especially the early stuff. And it's not even about being lo-fi. Like lo-fi was never a choice. It wasn't like, oh, I specifically want to sound like this. It was more so, oh, I, I don't know how to do this and I don't really have access to much gear. I'm just going to try what I can. And there's some people, because we've had studio albums ever since, who've been like, oh, you know, I, I wish they'd go back to that lo-fi sound and not do studio recordings. But it's like, you know, it, I like recording in studios, so that's what I do. You know, I, I, I'm not trying to be contrived and create something that's like this specific lo-fi vibe. It came out of circumstance. Um, or even get something that's like normal, normalized and sounds like some kind of like massive club track because that's not anything that we'd be able to particularly achieve anyway. Um, but somewhere kind of in the middle between a phone recording <laughs> and, and that is probably where it sits. I encourage anyone to criticize this. I search myself too much online, so it just gives me more uh, content. To oh, yeah. <laughs> With the, what is it, like the Google where you can get notifications? It'll send, like, if you put certain words, it'll oh, I haven't send got that. that one, okay. no. I, I just read my sub tweets. On okay. gibberish that only just hurts I slowly found the teenage songs I needed all start sounding worse there was never a performance just the time to rehearse I won't be pure I know I'm contrived I'll make but art the rest of my life I'll take what I can and claim it as mine recycled intent in a lazy design I won't be pure I know I'm contrived I'll make but art rest of my life I'll take what I can and claim it as mine recycled in ten in a lazy just a few more questions to wrap up yeah, yeah. Um, a little bit on what you said about the labels kind of like the lo-fi thing um, there was also like a list of of like oh if you go on write my music they how they have not genres but they have descriptions for each of the and a lot of them for Kaiwenk are obviously like anxious, raw, sarcastic, uh, self-hatred, lonely. And I think it's so interesting because I was like, I don't really think those are tags necessarily for music. I feel like those are tags of how you describe a person. A person. Mm. <laughs> and so do you think that, um, do you ever feel like you take the things and like, well, internalize and be like, I guess 
this is kind of, that's just me. Like this it, is the genre I am. I, I don't even know. I mean, one one thing that I've always found weird is like people meet me and Dan. And I think they assume that we're going to act like some kind of cartoon caricature of sad acoustic musicians. And we aren't really. We're, we're normally just like silly a lot of the time. We like having fun and just being silly. Um, and, you know, it, it's one of those things where people have this like real specific idea that like Crywank is sad, lonely, depressing music. And it's like I try and tap into that with what I make. But like even on the dog album, which I think is the one people see as like the saddest one, mm-hmm. there's the uh, the song. You might have to bleep it. I'm not sure, but I I am. Oh yeah. And it's like, and there's also just a snail, and I'm a cliche, and I don't I don't think people will hear those songs and be like, oh, this is um, really sad music, or like even on the let's like level of like Elliot Smith or Leonard Cohen. If anything, it probably is like maybe even like a a parody or satire to some degree of those yeah. like um i i i i don't know it's uh it, it's interesting people tag my stuff with that i think some of the stuff we makes fun <laughs> <laughs> for sure yeah and to close off um because you kind of mentioned some of the titles as well and i think the titles on that album are my favorite. I always notice that there are these certain titles that every so often they just pop into my head and will be like continuously replaying. So it'll be like Memento Mori or... Oh, Memento Mori was my word of the year last year. Yeah. that's yeah. Well, not word. It was... It's okay. I wouldn't... Remember me either. There, thank you. And um, so I guess I usually like to, whenever I have these journal entries, I always like to make a little quote for, you know, this is, this period of my, of my journal represents like, this is the title of it. Um, and so I guess if you could kind of make this part of your little, of your life, if your whole life was like the story and you could title this certain section that you're in, I don't know how long that you would consider this period of your life or what you'd, where it begins or ends, ends, but but if you could make a title for this section, what would it be? Oh God. Um, I mean, normally, um, Normally, the titles, like if it's if it's not totally obvious, they 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 come from um, things not related to the songs. They do just come yeah. from things I've heard or things that are funny uh, around that period of time. So it probably might mean nothing to you. I'd probably go with Dave is so hot. I think. <laughs> so hot. How about you? Well, for the this period of the time. title for this period of time, uh, maybe. What that shot is gonna change your shot is gonna change the game. Oh, that's okay. like an affirmation. That's what it sounds <laughs> like. Yeah, yeah well, I like that. If it's not green, it's blue. Oh, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> to all, all right, the down. yeah, oh colorblind people out here, it's all the same. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for talking to us today. Yeah, thank you yeah, for having us. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much to Crywank for joining us on our show for today. We really appreciate and love their music. We recommend you check out any of their work on Bandcamp and the likes. We will include them on Instagram as well as their other social media handles. Thanks so much for joining us today. You're listening to Apps and Sounds here on CJAM 99.1 FM, and we'll catch you next week. Bye.